You're listening to Larry Fedorik on Newstalk 610 CKTB. Keep using the word NAFTA, but it really is a word of the past. Whatever the deal, if it happens, will not be called NAFTA, as Donald Trump has said. Bad connotation, he feels, for Americans. Uh, Canada was on the sidelines of the negotiations for a while, and we found out why. Canada was uh, watching U.S. and Mexico agree to a bilateral deal of some sort that has yet to be finalized, I guess, but they said they agreed to it. And then back at it this week, deadline of Friday to get a deal done that would involve uh, everyone. Christian Freeland was on a diplomatic trip in uh, Europe, cut that short to get back to Washington, and of course going to Washington as well, because the the bigger, uh, biggest issue, if you will, is automotive. Uh, many people will tell you this. I know dairy and other things are talked about, but uh, automotive is huge in this uh, trade deal. The national president of Unifor is Jerry Diaz, who joins us now. Hello, Jerry. Hi, how are you today? Good. Thank you for joining us on this. Uh, what have you heard today? We've kind of heard, you know, talks are progressing, and uh, that's about it. Yeah, well, I'm in Washington right now. I've had meetings today with our team on a few occasions. So things are progressing. And, you know, depending on, you know, what the outcome, this thing theoretically could get done in time on Friday. But there's a lot of issues, and there's a lot of questions, candidly, that still need to be answered. Um, on the auto industry, we're comfortable with what's reported, but, you know, the devils are in the details. We need to see if, in fact, the rules of origin increase to 75% of a content of a car has to be built in North America to be tariff-free. When does that kick in? So we're requesting all of this information and have requested it, so we'll have more tomorrow. Same thing with the wages, uh, that 40 to 45 percent of a vehicle has to be done with wages of at least $16 an hour. When does that kick in? Is it in two years, three years, five years, next generation of vehicles? So there's a lot of specifics that can turn this from a positive to a negative, and that's why we're pushing very hard today, and like I said, we should have those answers fairly shortly. Do we have to know what the details of the Mexican deal are? Because, as you've said often, it's it's tough to compete if they're going to be paying those wages typically lower in Mexico. Well, there's no question about it. A typical auto worker makes between 2 to $4 an hour on the high end. Uh, BMW is opening a plant in Mexico next year where the worker is going to make $1.10 an hour. So we can't compete with that, nor should we even try. But ultimately, it's about fairness. It's about ensuring that Canadian workers, American workers, and Mexican workers um, all have fair opportunities for jobs. And frankly, there's no reason in this world why Mexican auto workers shouldn't be able to afford to, build a, to buy the cars that they build. It just is just ridiculous in my to me now are the canadian negotiators uh ms freeland at all are they kind of online with what unifor is saying and what you guys are saying about the auto part of it no question the preoccupation right from the beginning for the canadian team has been about the wages of mexican workers so there's no there's no surprise uh to what the agreement is with the elevation of the wages for mexican workers or the overall $16, those types of proposals actually came from Canada. So we're quite comfortable that people are listening. But it all depends on when things kick in. But there's so many other issues that are on the table. 
um, based on what Mexico agreed to, there doesn't appear to be a dispute mechanism. In other words, Chapter 19 seems to be gone, and look, if you're going to do a deal with the United States, and specifically Donald Trump, you better have an arbitration uh, an arbitration uh, mechanism in order to deal with conflict, because you can tell by his track record we're in constant turmoil. So there's a, several other issues that we need to get our hand on, and look, I've said this to the Canadian team many times, including today, no deal is better than a bad deal, because a bad deal you're stuck with for generations, just like the original NAFTA was. Right, and and NAFTA was not good for workers in Canada. No, look, pre-NAFTA we had a trade surplus in manufacturing. Today we have a $120 billion deficit. We probably lost at least 400, almost 5,000, 500,000 manufacturing jobs alone. So those that say NAFTA has been good, the question is good for who? I'll argue it hasn't been good for American workers, Canadian workers, certainly not Mexican workers. Mexican workers got the jobs, but they never got the compensation. The only people that it's been good for is the investors. Now, tell me, you say no deal would be better than a bad deal. I get what you're saying, and I would agree, but if there's no deal, what are these auto tariffs that suddenly Trump said he's going to slap on? Well, the auto tariffs would be devastating. There's no question about that. I mean, it'll destroy the industry in Canada, but candidly, it'll also destroy the industry in the United States. That's why I'm not convinced that that's his first choice either. Sixty percent of all parts that go into a Canadian assembled vehicle come from the United States. We're the United States' number one export market for the cars that they build. So it would be the equivalent of shooting yourself in the foot. So I hope that it's just a bargaining tactic and bluster. But with Trump, you never know. But ultimately, you can't have an agreement with the United States or Donald Trump with no mechanism to resolve disputes. I mean, their proposal will have all disputes uh, dealt with in American courts, and that doesn't make one stitch of sense to me or, frankly, any other Canadian, I would argue. Jerry Dias is with us, uh, National President for Unifor. Auto workers, Jerry, we understand this, but do you feel that if some concession was made, say, in dairy, something that's a good public relations thing for Trump, that that might be enough to, to push things along? Well, clearly he keeps talking about dairy, but he, he does two things. One, there's the whole question of supply management in the system that we have in, in place. But the other side of it, he keeps talking about the 300% tariffs on dairy. So... Is it on the bargaining table? The answer is yes. Are people talking about it? The answer is yes. But I'm not convinced that what Canada gave up in the first place with the original NAFTA isn't enough. Always remember that in the original NAFTA, we gave the United States complete access to our water, oil, energy. I mean, ultimately, if you take a look at the American energy strategy, it includes Canada just as if we were another state. So the United States has already wrestled so much from us. So I'm not convinced bargaining from a position of weakness is a smart strategic move. These last few days with this deadline looming, uh, uh, do we go back to anything that's been discussed in the past year? Because these negotiations have been going on for over a year. Is that all in the garbage bin? And this, Do we start fresh here no, this week? No, no. As a matter of fact, it's very much a continuation. Even, okay. even during the discussions between Mexico and the United States, Canada uh, was in a back room speaking to both parties. So Canada's been all over this right from the beginning. And like I said, some of the solutions that were attained were frankly our proposals or we were deeply a part of the conversation. So uh, 
this whole argument that somehow we missed the boat and we got caught on the sideline, that's all nonsense. If I listen to those as well that say, it, geez, we should have folded a long time ago or we should have, uh, you know, adhered to the U.S. demands months, months ago. And I'm talking about the Conservative Party. I'm talking about Harper. I'm talking about even Andrew Scheer. We never would have made the inroads we did in the auto industry. Hmm. Or we never would have changed the rules of origin. So there was a lot of things that were already much better off today than we were even three months ago. But like I said, we got to go through the fine print. We got to go through the labor standards. Have to see what Mexico and the United States actually agreed on. Will it actually level the paying field? Will Mexican workers actually start to make decent wages so that it stops the migration of manufacturing jobs in general from Canada and the United States to Mexico? There's so there's still so many questions that have to be answered and we're here finding the answers and we're here uh, meeting with the Canadian team. Well, you said it well. It's in the details. It really is. Uh, Jerry Diaz, thank you so much. Pleasure is always mine. Thank you. Jerry Diaz is national president of Unifor in Washington, along with Christian Freeland and our negotiating team. And to be clear, uh, Unifor is not part of the negotiating team. Their key element in discussions when it comes to auto industry and trade agreements. Uh, so is there kind of representing Unifor and the workers? Um, and has talked with uh, auto industry representatives, obviously from the U.S. and Mexico, and uh, try to make sure the deal works for uh, everybody. Concern for Canadian workers at the top, of course. But you, as Jerry said, you know, as a president of Unifor, you're a national Canadian president, but you also don't want to see Mexican auto workers do badly. And these tariffs would, in fact, according to an article Jerry wrote today, uh, any tariff on these vehicles would hurt our industry, would hurt the American industry and the big three Detroit auto companies. So there are some uh, pretty positive feelings that some sort of deal will be an agreement, if you will, reached by Friday.